Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Julius Peppers, Tory Holt were named finalists for the NFL Hall of Fame 2024 induction class. Two of the 15 finalists. Panthers fans, rejoice, be happy. Julius Peppers deserves to be in. I bet he will. NC State fans should be happy for Torrey Holt. Made the finals again. It's not exactly his first time. But I know where the anger is going to come from. I know this. it's like the NCAA selection show, right? Nobody ever gets that mad about seeding. They get mad about snubs. And I know who they're going to get mad about. Steve Smith Sr. is not a finalist. Steve Smith from his time with the Panthers. Steve Smith Sr. Uh, and and he's now a, a media personality. Obviously had a run with the Ravens at the end of his career. Steve Smith Sr. did not make the top 15. Now to put that in perspective, the top 15 will later be be drilled down, whittled down to 10, then whittled down to five, and then those five will be voted on. And if you get 80% yes, then you will get in out of those five. So the most you can have in an induction class is five. Steve Smith did not make the top 15. The fact of the matter is, and this is not going to be popular, it's correct. And it's not his fault. And it's not the voters' fault, at least not this year's voters. If you've been a voter for a long time, it's your fault. There is a backlog at wide receiver. You could like we could nitpick who's better, Steve Smith or or Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith or Tory Holt, Steve Smith or Andre Johnson, and there will be arguments on both sides. But the fact of the matter is, they're close enough that that they're all going to get in. I think you got to do kind of in order of how you got here. Once Larry Fitzgerald jumps into the, the the pile, he'll jump to the front of the line, as he should, and be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But but the, that next group, the group we're talking about, there's just a backlog at wide receivers. Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne are each five-time finalists. They've been finalists five times. So I, I think they should get in next because Steve Smith Sr. was not so much better that, than, than they are that he should be, uh, you know, a, a whatever, second ballot Hall of Famer and they get to be eight ballot Hall of Famers. It's, it's all just a line. It is a seniority thing. And it's because the committee has not done a good enough job honoring Hall of Fame wide receivers throughout the last decade. Here's an example, right? Terrell Owens was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Terrell Owens is is maybe a top three wide receiver of all time, right? Top five. What I don't know which uh, you know how how you feel about him, but because of reasons that are completely irrelevant to football, because he was sometimes snippy with the media, because he got into a feud with Donovan McNabb, because he loves me some me, 
right? Because he, he was T.O., they did not put him, and because he didn't want to attend to the Hall of Fame, uh, whatever, uh, he, he didn't get in on first ballot. Or maybe that's why he didn't attend. I think that's more along the line. Either way, he was, he was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. You couldn't put in another wide receiver while he was waiting, right? You could you couldn't have guys jumping over him when he was in every different statistical way better than they were. So that just pushed more wide receivers into the back, more wide receivers into the back of the line, into the back of the line, into the back of the line, and now wide receivers that that shouldn't have to wait this long and wouldn't have to wait this long if they were a linebacker or a tight end or a running back now have to wait. Steve Smith Sr. is a Hall of Famer. He will get there. He deserves to get there. His statistics say he will get there. But he has to wait his turn. And to be completely honest, they could fix this. The voters could fix this. Do you know how you do it? You put in two wide receivers every year for the next, like, three or four years. This year, put in Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne. The next year, put in Andre Johnson and Steve Smith Sr. The next year, like, you, you just have to put them in there in, in groups and catch back up to the rest of the positions, and then you're good. But they won't do that. The voters won't do that because they all have these weird little rules in their own head that say, oh, I can only vote for one wide receiver. Oh, we can't have two wide receivers in a class, even though they absolutely should. And they should have done three, four a couple years ago, but that's unrealistic. Because then you're you're making other positions wait, and there's only five that can get in. So it's don't be mad about Steve Smith Sr. not being a finalist. Be mad that Tory Holt isn't in yet, and that's making Steve Smith Sr. wait. Be mad that T.O. took too long to get in, which probably pushed Reggie Wayne back, which is now pushing Andre Johnson back, which might push Steve Smith Sr. back. That's what you should be mad about. It's not a personal diss to Steve Smith Sr., although I'm sure it feels that way. And I'm sure I'm sure he's got some spicy words for the, the, the voters that are keeping him out. And, and I would expect nothing less from Steve Smith Sr., probably involving something along the lines of ice up, son. Like, he, he's, he's got that in his repertoire. But it's a bigger problem than that. Right? Imagine, like... Let me try to think of the the best description here. Imagine if uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get in right away. Or if Eli Manning doesn't get in right away. Or if uh, uh, Drew Brees is waiting and then somebody like Ben Roethlisberger comes due. Pittsburgh fans are going to go, Ben Roethlisberger, first ballot Hall of Famer. It's like Drew Brees is waiting, okay? You have to wait too. Eli Manning is waiting. You have to wait, too. Oh, but he's got two Super Bowls. So does Eli, right? It's uh, Steve Smith Sr. has a bunch of good stats. Yeah, what do you do you think Torrey Holt doesn't? You think Reggie Wayne doesn't? Oh, but, but Steve Smith Sr. didn't have great quarterbacks throughout the, most of his career. You think Andre Johnson was just balling out with and Tom Brady as his quarterback? His dream seasons were with Matt Schaub. Right, we can go. We can go tit for tat with every argument. Fact of the matter is, all five of however many receivers I've mentioned: uh, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith Sr. All four are Hall of Famers. You're gonna put them all in the 2024 class? You can't. So you pick two, you pick one, you put them in. You look at the rest, say so. Maybe next year. 
by the way, like get measured, make sure we, we, we get your measurements because we're going to make the jacket for you. It's just, it's going to be a while. Get comfortable. Quite frankly, it might be good for Steve Smith's media career. Go complain on a podcast, get a bunch of millions of hits. That's what I would do. Congratulations, though. I do assume Julius Peppers is going to get in, flying colors, uh, and I believe Tory Holt likely in this year. Likely. So state fans, fingers crossed. Panthers fans, I don't think you have to cross your fingers for for Peppers. I think he he did the finger crossing uh, that he needed to do. Automatic bid. Yeah. Him and Antonio Gates are probably the two, two auto bids. Uh, the rest are up for debate. I'm partial to Devin Hester. I think he should get in. I think Torrey Holt should get in. And based on everything I just said about starting to check off wide receivers, I think you put Reggie Wayne in also. That's my five. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete DeRuda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group confidence and concerns cons and cons here on the drive with tim donnelly on 99.9 the fan what are you most confident in what are you most concerned about when it comes to the carolina panthers as we enter the final stretch of the nfl season as always when someone comes up to you and they say hey i've got good news and bad news which do you want first you always say bad news. So we'll go with concerns first. Graham, what are you most concerned about when it comes to Carolina? My concern, the defense's lack of answers allows for early leads for opposing teams. And I feel like we saw that this past week with the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Sunday's loss against the Packers was the first example of the script being flipped a little bit this season as far as the offense doing its part and the defense sort of struggling. The early lapses of the Panthers' defense led to a 33-30 loss to the Packers, which is opposite of the way things have been going, right? The Panthers had ranked second in the league in total defense since week nine, but allowed 162 rushing yards to the Packers, 117 or 117 of them in the first half in a dramatic reversal of a pattern. The Panthers have allowed more rushing yards in the first half than they had in either of their last two games, and the 369 total yards allowed on the day was the most since Miami put 424 yards on them in week six. It's interesting because most people, and I agree, uh, believe Evero, the defensive coordinator, is actually doing a pretty good job, and many want him to stick around. And, and you know, I've, I've voiced my opinions on that already. You can go find it on the podcast page, or you can find it on our YouTube page, 99.9thefan on YouTube. Please subscribe while you're there. Um, but there are things like that, like giving up plays early, not being ready to come out the gates, not being ready to play out the gates, I should say. Um, that that maybe he you know could work on getting that defense ready a little bit earlier. I need to correct myself. 117 of those total yards were in the first half. Okay, for thought, the Packers. I thought that's what you said, but maybe it wasn't. Okay, maybe uh, I just. My concern though is is along those lines. You've heard of the term "bend but don't break," right? Their rush defense is the opposite. It's if it bends, it breaks. Uh, they they don't give up like the world's most rushing yards. They don't give up the world's most yards in anything, but. It was it was funny because I was looking at the they give up a lot of points, 
right? And I know part of that is being set up by an offense that definitely didn't play well early in the year. Part of that is some special teams uh, blunders that have set up the defense to be in a bad position. But still, you give a lot of points. I was looking at it. Uh, they have given up more rushing touchdowns than any other team in the NFL this season. They've allowed more touchdowns on the ground than any other team in the NFL this season. Uh, and, and that is in and of itself a problem, right? The bend but don't break. The teams that bend but don't break are okay with it because they're holding teams to field goals in the red zone. They're bowing their neck on third and fourth and short and getting stops and getting the ball back in their offense's hands. So it's like, who cares if you give up the nine yards for, you know, on first and second down, as long as you don't give up the one yard on third and fourth down, they're kind of the reverse. They do a decent job of, of stopping a running back from, you know, running for their max yardage on the season, but they do a poor job of getting off the field from their own red zone and forcing a field goal. Uh, when a team feels like if they get inside the 10, they can just run the ball in on you. That's a concern. And I think that's what's starting to happen here. And then on top of that, Aaron Jones did kind of tear up their defense at times last, last week. So that alone right there is, is a reason to be concerned. And he made Jordan Love look like a superstar. Now I'm not saying Jordan Love's a bad player, but in his rookie season, not his rookie year, well, it's his first year as a starter. First year as a yeah. starter. Um, there's some weird stats. I don't know what I think about Jordan Love yet. Uh, I think he has four games of three touchdowns and zero interceptions, which is more than anyone else. But also there are times where I'm watching it going like, mm, maybe not. I, I, they've, I think they have one more year of kind of contractual control over him before they have to start making tough decisions. But Jordan Love's not a bad player. Uh, what are you confident in when it comes to the Panthers? We're playing cons and cons, by the way. That's confidence and concerns here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly. We're talking Panthers. Graham, what are you most confident in? Tight end Tommy Trimble and his confidence Look that at he's that. Built. Trimble getting the call out. His confidence and chemistry that he's building with quarterback Bryce Young. In Panthers history, there's always been great connections between quarterbacks and tight ends. Most recent, The, the most recent iconic connection I can think of is Cam Newton and Greg Olson. After tight end Tommy Trimble's career day of four catches for 59 yards last week against Green Bay, is Young to Trimble connection headed in that direction? That's high praise for Trimble. I think most would, would, would like to believe there's some kind of super high potential for Bryce Young. I'm, I'm not sure many think, you know, looking looking at Tommy Trimble thinking there's there's the next Greg Olson. But uh, but I guess crazier things have happened. He was one of top four receivers for Young. And and Antonio Gates, is uh, he's going into the Hall of Fame. That guy's a basketball player. So, uh, you know, different things for, for have developed into pretty good quarter, or, uh, tight ends, I should say. Uh, my confidence, and I have an exclamation point after this in my notes, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. I finally get to use Bryce Young as a confidence again. He he finally got off the, the schneid and kind of uh, broke the streak, but it broke the seal, whatever you want to call it, through for 300 yards in an NFL game. He made great decisions, and more importantly, I think he took great risks. Like he, he weighed the opportunities in front of him. Not every throw that he made was to a wide-open receiver, was a check down. They weren't all wide receiver screens. We saw uh, games early in the season for Bryce Young, and this was when Frank Reich was running the offense, where he would complete a super high percentage of his passes, and, and that was the optimism everyone was pointing to. And I was sitting here going, yeah, but that's a lot of wide receiver screens, right? His average depth of target was like five yards in the backfield. He was just – he was hunting for the super easy – completions the completions you you give a young quarterback on like the first drive just to get him in rhythm that was not what was going on with green bay 
he was moving his feet. He was getting to his fifth, maybe not fifth, third and fourth read in a progression. He was uh, making tough throws. Receivers were making tough catches. And that, to me, is more sustainable. Because when you play good defenses, you're not going to be able to just take the easy every single time and be successful. Occasionally, you're going to have to make them pay with, uh, you know, a play where you flex on them a little bit, right? You trust your arm. You trust your receiver. You come up with a big play. He was doing that. Uh, I think it was an important performance for him. I think it was a big performance for him. And I think it was a confidence-building performance for him. That's why Bryce Young is my confidence. More on the young quarterback coming from interim head coach Chris Tabor on how important that day was for Bryce. Just in whole, as everybody's playing better, uh, and we talked about it from the, the Atlanta game, right, the last drive, and we wanted to carry it over into this game. Know that we didn't start as fast as what we wanted to, but then he found his rhythm along with the other guys, and uh, that, that's big because when you're doing those things, obviously confidence grows, and then what you're willing to do and what risk you're willing to take also increases. So I think it's uh, as a collective, it's, it's, it's been big, and, and, and we need to continue that the next two weeks here. It has been big, and you better, you better build on it the next two weeks here. And I'm confident they will. That's why it's my confidence as part of cons and cons. He took the words right out of your mouth. He did. Confidence grows. Look at that. That's why, I, that's why I waited to play that clip till after I said my piece. It feels like I said it first, uh, even though he said it after the game. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.